Hello, and welcome to Rollins Around Town. I'm Sam Stark, host of the show, and I serve as the Vice President of Communications and External Relations here at Rollins College. My role allows me to engage in the Central Florida community on many levels, and it is my responsibility to help connect the dots between the college and the community at large. The dots I refer to are opportunities for college stakeholders, faculty, staff, and students to have access to leaders and professionals in our region. This helps Rollins deliver on our mission while also uplifting the brand of the college throughout Central Florida. Rollins Around Town highlights the connections between Rollins and the Central Florida community, introduces the college to important community leaders, and shares the impact Rollins has throughout the town. Guests come from outside of the college as well as feature our very own faculty, staff, and students. The goal of the show and these interviews is to show the role, the important role, Rollins plays in town and how important the college is to our Central Florida region. So thank you for joining us, and it is my pleasure today to welcome Deborah Crown, Dean and Professor of Management at the Crummer Graduate School of Business at Rollins College. Welcome to the show, and thanks for being with us this morning, Deborah. Thank you so much, Sam. I appreciate it. So, you know, we're not really doing the uh, reading the bio and going into a deep dive. We kind of want to hear it from you. We're, you know, give us sort of your quick story and where you're from and, uh, and, and maybe sort of the short version of how you got here to Crummer. Okay. Well, I was, I, I consider myself from Colorado, but I mean, I was born in Texas and my family moved from Texas to Illinois and then to Colorado. Uh, I went back to go to a liberal arts college for my undergraduate degree um, in a suburb of Chicago, and I absolutely loved it. And from there, so my father is a psychiatrist, my mother is a social worker. So it's probably not that surprising <laughs> that I started out thinking I would either be a psychiatrist or a psychologist, kind of split the difference, if you will. Right. Um, and so that's what I studied, but with the intention to go on to graduate school. And I found, it was my father's advice because I graduated high school and then college early, that perhaps before going on to school to be a little seasoned hmm. and work. And so started working in the field. I worked in a hospital hmm. um, in a mental health unit and found that I loved management, and I got promoted very, very quickly, and quite frankly, I did, I was not good. I didn't know anything of how to manage people, and so I was like, oh, do they teach something about this? So that is how I got so interested in management and strategy That's and business, yeah. and yeah, so it was a complete, a complete veer, and so kind of changed directions, and in the process of that, worked for a consulting company, decided to go ahead and get my PhD, did that. I'll save you kind of all of the places <laughs> where I was a faculty member, but prior to coming to Rollins, I was the dean at the largest uh, private institution in Hawaii. Right. And so it wasn't that I was looking to leave, but someone reached out to me and about this opportunity at Rollins. And I asked the question, just to be polite instead of just saying, well, no, I'm not interested. Right. Um, asked the question about 
why were people so passionate about Rollins and Crummer? Because I had spent 13 years at the University of Alabama, so I heard about Rollins and about Crummer. And in I didn't know as much about the college. Um, but so I asked them, why are they so passionate? And they shared with me the mission of the college. Yeah. And I loved the mission. And and I'll use it in kind of Crummer speak, right. but it's a theme. Rollins has one mission. But in Crummer, how we really articulate that mission is to talk about developing innovative, responsible global leaders who positively impact their organizations and their communities. And I found that so compelling um, and the second part of what attracted me, and um, I hope President Cornwell is okay that I am <laughs> sharing this because I shared this with him in one situation. He looked like he that he was surprised, but I, I wanted to do a little investigation of the school, so I read his books and I stayed up all night reading. It was it was very. I've got if you see my. Um, my book, I'm jotting down all these notes, and I was very, very interested and compelled and inspired by his mission. Yeah. And so those were things, and as I started to find out more and find out all um, of the opportunities for engagement for our students that Rollins has, yeah. all of the pieces of the puzzle, it, it was so compelling that... Um, here you are. Here I am. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love the non, you know, the non-planned and sort of almost non-linear journey yes. that you had to, you know, to get to where you are. I, I love those stories, and I think that's very fascinating that your, you know, your, your parental journey maybe had you on a different path, but they did. But ultimately, look at you now, and uh, it's all it's amazing, and probably being uh, having a little bit of a. <laughs> A psych psychological background doesn't hurt being a dean of any academic institution. You know, it doesn't. <laughs> and so I worked for a consulting company, and it was very helpful there. It it really is such a good foundation, and I will see a plug even further for that liberal arts grounding. Um, it wasn't just what I was learning in psychology, and so to be able to learn about sociology and communications, but in everything. Yeah. It just, it taught me how to think. It taught me how to adapt. Um, it taught me how to look forward, what I call head-up strategies, right. that you're not just in the weeds, that you're constantly looking, and that you're looking, you know, I read uh, neuroscience, I read physics, I read all of these things to help inform what we do. Um, and I think that's what a liberal arts education teaches yeah. you to do. It, it, do many uh, business school deans come from a purely academic background, or or is it a hybrid? You know, some come from the the for profit uh, sector and then end up in in higher ed. I, it's a combination. Yeah. So, and there's a number that are like me that have done both in their career. Um, most many academic deans have their PhD, so that they have that academic credential. That's probably the most popular. But they also, many of us have also worked in industry so that you understand it. I owned um, a small business. I owned a, you know, so it's those types of yeah. things that kind of, I think, yeah. um, you're likely to find. So give, give us a quick uh, overview of the, of the multiple degrees that, that the Crummer Graduate School of Business offers. Oh, 
Wonderful question. Thank you, Sia. <laughs> is we have a portfolio of programs, and in that portfolio are three different MBA degrees really calibrated to where one is in their career. So what makes us so unique is that Crummer has had a legacy of educating executives. And that is something that many other institutions came far later Mm -hmm. into the cycle. So we have an executive MBA program um, with very, very long legs and a long history. We have a, and which is, you know, still today has a fabulous reputation. I love that one of the things is when we look even at our local community, Sam, as you know, and we look at our leaders, uh, C-suite leaders who were educated at Crummer and Rollins um, is equal to, if not outpaces, University of Florida. And you look at the size difference between that and it really talks about that history in the importance of Crummer and Rollins in our community's education. Right. We have a professional MBA program, and in our professional MBA program, these are for people five to 15 years in their career. We are very heavy in our professional programs as well for people from the profit as well as nonprofit oh. industries. And we also blend at our executive MBA. And then we have our early advantage, which is the program that is for people at the front end of their careers. And as a part of that, one of my favorite programs is our 3-2 program so that our Rollins students um, get to have kind of this wonderful opportunity to get both their undergraduate degree and their MBA within a five-year window. And so that allows them to really start with just that strong, amazing liberal arts education. So I love that we have students in music and art and communications, all of these students who then cap that off with an MBA. Um, So those are our three MBAs. The executive is a one weekend a month. The professional at present is an evening. And then our early advantage is the day program. And then we're also so fortunate to have the first in the state uh, executive doctoral degree in business administration. And this, and I realize, I'm sorry, I get a little passionate about this program. (laughs) As you should. Because it is, it's like a playground for executives and and a think tank and a safe space. It's industry agnostic. So people come from all different industries in Central Florida, throughout the state, throughout the region, and actually even throughout the world. They come together once a month for our programming, but it really is a facilitated, curated experience with faculty providing that academic elements that can inform their ability to lead their own organizations. Um, It's... It is wonderful. And of of course, I'm sorry, I cannot be on the radio, Sam, without (laughs) saying if anyone is interested in any of our degrees, please feel free to reach out to us. And we really see that. I say that not as marketing and sales, but truly as a service to our community because the programming and I, uh, it's our faculty and staff that are doing this just amazing 
programming that really does inform their abilities to be those innovative, responsible leaders. Well, and that sort of leads to, to, my, to my next question. You know, Crummer is recognized nationally and internationally for its MBA programs and uh, ranked number one as a leadership development educator by Leadership Excellence Magazine. So, you know, I don't know if you can tell us the secret sauce. I mean, aside from mission, aside from faculty and, and dean leadership, what, what are you doing? What are we doing at Crummer that, that, that warrants that kind of, um, you know, number one ranking nationally and internationally? I think there's a, a, a number of things. It's not just one, but the one central element really is embedded in the mission. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's this tireless, it's just amazing dedication from our faculty and staff and our alumni engage mm-hmm. with us. So it's, and if you think about it, for me, it's so relevant because, you know, it's that tying together, being innovative, responsible, and a global leader, but so purposefully dedicated to making sure people are making that positive difference, not just in their, not just in their companies, not just in their organizations, but in their communities as well, which requires, Sam, just an amazing, okay, how does everyone work together to that exact same aim? How does everyone every single day get up in the morning and say, how do we do this better? How do we help on Sam's educational journey? What is it that you're looking to achieve? And how do we position that so that it is a lifelong commitment Right. to someone's educational journey. And so, I, I mean, I will I will see the touches, the engagement, whether it's in person or even during COVID, where we've been reaching out to our students, engaging side by side with them, whether it's using technological tools or safely distanced yeah. classrooms. So I think those are the things great. that really pull it together. No doubt. How, how has the business school curriculum, the MBA curriculum evolved? You know, um, you got your MBA. Yep. What, what was the difference? And um, so, so one of the differences is if you remember kind of the, go back 20 years and is many of us went to school. I have to go back a little bit farther than you that. And me, you and me both. It's <laughs> okay. Um, that historically there was kind of a series of classes. And for MBAs, there was a series of courses that people took. And then you hoped those series of courses fit together in someone's head. And I'm being a little critical, but uh, that fit together and then that they would be important. And and Crummer was always ahead of that. Mm -hmm. But we've worked even more to make sure that we have program level outcomes, that all of our courses are designed so that they link with each other, that what you're learning in one, you're building on in the next experience. And so that level of integration, which is how business works, is, and you know, with a background in marketing, you know, it used to even organizationally, marketing had more separation. In today's world, marketing has little separation. If you're in marketing and you don't understand the return on investment of a marketing initiative, um, you're not going to be as valuable to the organization as if you have that full robust perspective. So as business schools have adapted and Crummer has really been at the front end of that, I think the second um, difference 
is really a very, very heavy focus on, on blending and balancing your obligations to uh, stockholder return as well as to other metrics of success. And one of those is societal responsibility yeah. is another change. And you've seen uh, vast differences and wonderful work yeah. that has been happening inside and outside of business schools. And, and so, you know, sort of similarly re- reading into your crystal ball, you know, what, what's the curriculum look like in five years or 10 years? Well, I think one of the things that I'm hearing from the C-suite, my friends who are, you know, whether they're running companies or engaged at senior levels and then uh, business school deans from around the country is that what we are seeing right now is Mm -hmm. post-pandemic an anticipation that the workforce changes in in a number of ways. But one substantial way is... Very few organizations will have um, kind of the ease of having their workforce either be all seated or all online, that most of the workforces will have to have a mixed mode so that they'll have some people who are working in a physical space and other people that are working from a distance. So one of the things that then has to adapt is that you have to know how to be a leader in all three of those environments. That's hard. It is. That is hard. So you think of it, some people are amazing face-to-face, and you see the charisma and their ability to command a situation, but it might be harder for them to lead when they have a mixed mode. Some of their team might be working from a distance. So those are things that we are already bringing into the classroom. Those are things that we're already looking to tackle. Um, yeah. How do we make sure that we're leading That's in that great. way? Is there a class offering um, that people might be surprised to, to know about or to hear? You know, I mean, everyone knows accounting and, you know, marketing and uh, statistics. Is there anything kind of that you would say Crummer offers that's sort of maybe a little bit surprising or or, or not really? Um, I don't know. So it in business, surprise isn't maybe the word that we would do, <laughs> Sam, as a good thing. Right. Um, but we definitely have courses that are very innovative. We have courses, even things. One of the things I'm so proud of is the way things have adapted to remain relevant and lead. And so we have a portfolio class that I love this class. And I don't know that it's surprising, but it remains so innovative. And this is a course where the students are managing a portfolio um, from an investment that Mm. came from SunTrust before it was Trust. And uh, they have done a wonderful, wonderful job. And their investments net scholarships for the net on the return, what we're able to then come back to spend. They tell us what amount that actually we can use for scholarships, and we do. And that program, even two years ago, the students made a decision to do uh, social impact investing and were just did an absolutely fabulous job. So that's something that is very innovative, that is amazingly impactful, that is... You know, when you think of scholarships and doing a course that actually derives benefit um, by being a successful investing team, yeah, 
and great. other students get scholarships. It's just one example. I know. Very you know, cool. No, it's great learning right there. So right. talk a little bit about some of the plans of, you know, in, 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 within Crummer's future. You know, we worked uh, on a project together that's I think is just phenomenal and exciting, not only for Crummer and Rollins, but for the city of Winter Park. And what, what can you share about some things uh, in, in Crummer's future? Yes. So we are just tickled pink to be a part <laughs> of the innovation triangle, and um, which is just that further development of the amazing work and asset of the Elfond Inn, and then also uh, co-locating our Rollins, and, which is now the Cornell Fine Arts Museum, and then also because Crummer is a graduate school and we pull in executives and professionals from around the world, the same people who fly in to go to the Elfond Inn. We love that those are the people that are also uh, represent a large uh, part of our student base co-locating Crummer Graduate School um, in that same space. And so it provides an opportunity for us to have this amazing intersection with art yeah. as well as the intersection with the Alfond Inn. So that's obviously for us top of mind. Yeah. Um, we feel very fortunate that we've made the progress that we have and we're really looking forward to those next steps. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Um, I think it has, uh, you know, being on the Chamber of Commerce Board, as I yes. know you've been involved with the Chamber. Yes. I mean, I think the ripple effects of that that uh, that innovation triangle will be real and significant throughout the community in ways that probably a lot of people don't know about or, or understand, uh, but they'll see it when it when it happens. So, having having Crummer and the museum there is just that's that's a huge win for Winter Park and Central it is. Florida. It is. You've mentioned alumni a little bit. Tell us about alumni engagement. You know, sort of Crummer for life and um, and. How do you how do you uh, support alumni and uh, what what sort of engagement opportunities are there for alumni to to sort of stay active with Crummer after they graduate? So this is an area where I think um, I think everyone I don't know if if in your circles people are talking I'm kind of coining um, discussions of post pandemic so that we're able to take you know in a very very challenging situation. Sam, find some positives. So some pandemic positives. <laughs> what are the things that, and sometimes it's it's a hard search. Yeah. Is, but one of the things that I will say, we've always had such a strong commitment to our alumni, as you talked about, so that we have a commitment, a lifelong commitment to them, which means they can audit courses for life. Um, we mm. provide assistance even with our career resources, all of those things not just till they graduate, but after they graduate. but And we've had them come back to classes. One of the things that we found in the pandemic was that we could engage our alumni without requiring them to travel, which meant we could kind of go to them in unique ways. So we really took up our game on what we were able to use technological tools to be able to host events, make them very engaging. So we, you know, beta tested a number of things so we could get them into small groups, do a, a variety of things. And that has actually increased our engagement with our alumni. It has made it where we're able to pull alumni into classes um, mm -hmm. who are from around the world. So we did, for example, a course over the summer 
and we had CEOs literally from around the world, many of whom were our alums, participating directly into the classroom. And it was just phenomenal. So that's that's one of the ways that we are having our alums really um, being engaged that is a bi-directional relationship. Yeah. It's a win-win. No, for sure. That's spectacular. What's you know, as we, as some of our undergraduate students and even Crummer students and, and Holt students, you know, might be listening in. Um, what what's your favorite interview question to ask candidates, and and how do you help students prepare and present for job interviews? So we have an, we have such a good team that helps kind of prepare our students for job interviews. One of the things is they're coming to us. Um, really is not a single question, but a series of questions to find out why, to find out why they are interested in getting their MBA. And one of the things that's so critical is, are they curious? Are they wanting to learn, not just to be able to, especially if they're in the early advantage program, to get that job, but do they understand that that knowledge and their ability to communicate and all of the things, the relationships that relationships that they're able to make with our alumni are all things that will position them for leadership for life, Mm -hmm. which comes with advantages, but actually also comes with responsibilities. So that's kind of a part of the equation of a series of questions to position them for careers. We provide coaching. We provide a class within the curriculum that helps develop them. We have required internships yeah. to make sure they can walk the walk yeah. and not just be able to talk about it. And then our entire second year of our early advantage program is also kind of a project base, what we call our integrated capstone experience. So they're working with companies and they're solving companies' problems like a consulting team would do. And they are given assistance and facilitation from our faculty and how to be able to do that. And then reflection at the back end of what did they learn, what didn't they do. Um, And all of those things, Sam, I think really go into helping to make sure that we're delivering on our promise of our mission, that they are walking out the door if they're early advantage, able to hit the ground running. That's so impressive. You get alumni, you have alumni, you have several different alumni boards. And we do. So I know there's a lot of that interaction. <laughs> and um, that, again, just has to really be such an advantage for the students oh. to be able to connect with and talk to, both in sometimes a formal setting, but often just in an individual and one-on-one setting. Absolutely. Well, our alumni are so amazing that, Sam, they help us recruit. So the engagement. So think about that from you know, many places, if you're going in the recruiting cycle, you are not being introduced to alumni. Right. So our our alums are, many of them, are people that they know that they'll send to us because they know the quality of the education that they received. But they work with us early stages. They work with us throughout the students' um, experience. And we're, you know, we are really looking at how can we even do better. Yeah. At that, even though we're unique and we do more than others, we know that there's still more we can do. Yeah. How can we make that even stronger? How can we go earlier in the cycle to say, um, 
I'm looking at, and your first name is Sam, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm surrounded by Sam's <laughs> yes, <you> here. Are. <laughs> so someone they may be that has an interest. So how do we make sure early in the cycle, we have a mentoring program, so that's one point. We have now uh, student mentors that are helping. But what are the other set of alumni that can be in your field that can assist even if they're not serving in a formal mentoring role? How do we help our students be able to shadow? And shadowing in the new world of technological tools um, is quite interesting. Right. Sam is our operator, uh, radio board operator and marketing coordinator here with WPRK and Rollins Around Town. So uh, we admire and appreciate her great work. And um, uh, thank you for being with us again, as always. Um, Deborah, talk a little bit now just about Rollins, right? Like, so um, do, you, do you get away? Deborah Crown, by the way, is probably, I mean, everybody here works hard and everybody spends a lot of time at work, but I would, I would have to guess that Deborah Crown <laughs> might outwork us all. Um, do you get any chance to stop just to walk around campus? Do you have a favorite spot on campus that you like to go and maybe try to decompress? Do you decompress ever? <laughs> I, <laughs> I do. Okay, I do. Believe it or not, I actually, end of the day, run out of words. Um, <laughs> oftentimes before my daughter does, <laughs> so I will share. But on campus, I have many favorite places and one of the things, so I like to run. Yeah. Um, so I am one of those people, masked, that yeah. will run through campus. And our campus is so beautiful and serene. And being right on the water, I am a water person. So having that opportunity just to think. Again, earlier I talked about head-up strategies. Right. So I try to make sure that I am able to pull my head up, think about kind of crummers long-term. What are the things that we can continue to do better in our strategic plan? What are the things that we really need to circle back and so privileged to be able to do that in such a gorgeous setting. But also, Sam, I would say so privileged to be able to do that with amazing partners across campus. Yeah. Because within Crummer, we work with kind of all of the different units throughout campus. And um, so I find that to be just exceed extremely <laughs> enjoyable. So, you know, the name of the show is Rollins Around Town. Tell us about Crummer Around Town. I mean, you personally, I know, are engaged uh, on, on boards and in, in, right. uh, other opportunities. Fundamentally or philosophically, how is Crummer, you know, around town uh, supporting the community? I love that question. And I love just kind of the whole genesis of this show because we are personally engaged in a number of different ways. But I think even more substantial than that is the way that we are systematically engaged, that we are aligned with our mission, engaged in the community. So I'll deal with maybe one part of the equation. And when we're talking about our mission, if you're developing people that have to have a positive impact on their organizations and the community, that means that we need to do that right. as well. And Rollins has such a great history of doing that. So within Crummer, one of the ways, many ways that we do that, I talked earlier about the projects that we have our students do. And it's a split of the projects that we're doing that we do them for for-profit, we do that for non-for-profit. So Second Harvest Food Bank has been wonderful partner with us, Clean the World, a number 
of nonprofits, we've had students work um, on teams with things that can positively impact those organizations. Another is through our Edith Bush Institute yes. for Philanthropy and Nonprofit Leadership. And um, those of you that are listening, I'm assuming most of you know about the Edith Bush Institute and that it is such an integral part of Crummer and Rollins. And so through the Edith Bush, I'll give one example of you know, the many ways that we connect our students, but we have an opportunity for our students to serve on boards, on nonprofit boards. And so they are done so with us helping and working alongside them. But can you imagine, Sam, when we were in school, having an opportunity to be trained to serve on a nonprofit board with the expectations and obligations of all the other community leaders who right. you are sitting by. This is so much more than anything they could learn without that actual experience and expectation and obligation. Um, we also, though through our Edith Bush, it is where nonprofits go to have a safe place for discussion. Right. It is where nonprofits go to, you know, if anyone was wondering, well, Gosh, how do they stay at the top of their game? Yeah. We have such a strong nonprofit community in Central Florida. It's one of the things I love yeah, about definitely. our community. And I feel honored that our Edith Bush Institute is one of the, the drivers for helping people um, be trained, helping them really be able to be innovative and forward thinking. Of course, they're responsible, but helping them even learn a variety of strategies for financial management. Imagine running a nonprofit in COVID where you have both donor dollars mm -hmm. that might be challenged, but also even volunteer management when you can't be seated. And that was the only way that you were deploying your volunteers. Yeah. So all of those things, that's one example right. of reaching out. I love it, that's so good. Can I add another? Please, of Sam? course, yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's just because in our portfolio, and this is something um, that again, as you talked, I, I heard on one of your other stations where you were just talking about how important it is to have a college in a community and just the assets and assets for both. Right. But one of the things is Central Florida is growing its um, entrepreneurial community. And if we look over the last 20 years, it is, it's, you know, pacing with an upward trend and there needs to be support for those entrepreneurs. Those are such drivers, especially for our fast growth organizations. Those are new jobs. Those are people that are creating new jobs. So our Center for Advanced Entrepreneurship has education for our current students, but it also provides training and educational opportunities for entrepreneurs in the community and entrepreneurs um, that we want to attract Right. to our community. So we have, for example, our venture plan competition that I know you have um, attended great. and really is considered yeah. a leader within Central Florida and Such has thrown off so many fabulous companies and supported um, those organizations. Is there anything that you know didn't ask about or anything else you want to share um, just before we move on to just a couple last final questions? Um, you know, I think 
the the one thing um, that I want to make sure that we're that I am also acknowledging is the asset that the community is to us. Yeah. And winter parks that we both, yeah, just work closely with the chamber. Um, I think we both live here right in Winter Park and Central Florida. I think just they are a wonderful community. They provide amazing opportunities for our students to not just learn but live and to grow. And so that would be the other thing that I'm just so appreciative that we have a community that really does. um, It is a wonderful place to live, work. Play. Yep. No question. Well, anybody can always go to Rollins.edu and Crummer's right there on the front of the page and you can take a link uh, link there and a tour and I'll follow them on social media and uh, get a better sense even uh, beyond what uh, Dean Crown has been able to share with us today about the value of the degree and the program and their contributions to the community. I told you I was going to ask you this question. So, um, if you were got to be president of Rollins for a day, what 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 are you doing? What's President Crown doing during your one day reign of terror? So, well, I think I would want to make sure my one day was not a reign of terror. So I did. <laughs> so I thought about what would I do? So I have one day. Yeah. And honestly, my answer, it's maybe not gonna sound very interesting, but I would take President Cornwell's schedule. I would, because I respect what he is doing, he is positioning us in a mission-centric manner. I am a strategist. I am one who believes the hardest thing to do is to execute a strategy. um, So I would take that schedule. I would, you know, it's going to be a long, arduous day. And I'm, I'm convinced there's going to be meetings with students, with faculty, with staff, with the external community, with the people who uh, provide financial support for us. And I would represent him to the very best of my abilities. And then I would get a very good night's sleep at the end of that <laughs> yes, day. Yes, you would. Fantastic. Well, our guest today is Dean Deborah Crown, a Dean and Professor of Management at the Crummer Graduate School of Business here at Rollins College. Can't thank you enough for uh, being with us today on Rollins Around Town and for all you do uh, for the college, for the for obviously for Crummer uh, and for Winter Park. You're uh, an amazing leader and an amazing friend and colleague, and uh, I, I enjoy watching you continue to have uh, great success and just do amazing things within your uh, your, your program over there. So. Keep it up, and thanks, Deborah. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Yes, Sammy, thanks for uh, running the show again today. Uh, For all of our listeners, thanks for joining us on Rollins Around Town. Keep updated on our show and guests on Facebook and Instagram at Rollins Around Town, and subscribe to our podcast, Rollins Around Town, on Apple and Spotify. So with that, we wish you all well. Have a great day in Winter Park.